that we're hearing from leaders that this week ahead of us is pretty important pretty important week for us to do our part in the natural realm you can see we're doing that here we're distancing ourselves and we know that you're doing that too in your homes and so forth but the other part of it is prayer and our president has asked for prayer do it in song and then Dan Woodward is going to lead us in prayer together after that's over so let's join our hearts together call you father that um, Lord you are good and your mercies endure forever father you said that your your steadfast love never ceases and your mercies never come to an end they are new every morning and great is your faithfulness unto us Lord you said goodness and mercy would follow us all the days of our life Father, you said in your word that we can boldly come before your throne and uh, we can come before your throne of grace to obtain mercy and find grace in our time of need, our time of trouble. Father, we pray for those in our congregation and those listening. Father, we pray that you would reveal who you are, that you're good, that you're the healer, that you're the one that will guide them and guide all of us away from sickness, that you will bring us, Lord, into your presence where there's fullness of joy. Lord, we pray protection and covering 
over those that normally come and those that are listening. Father, we pray for the leaders of our land. Lord, we, uh, we lift up the city yes. government, the county government. Yes, we do. Lord, the state government and the federal government. Yes, Lord. Father, we ask that you would intervene and that you would arrest this virus. Yes. Father, we ask for wisdom. Lord, that the leaders would know how to deal with this whole thing in a very wise manner. Wow. Lord, we thank you that, as Jeremiah said, nothing is impossible for you. Ah, Lord God, thou hast made the heavens and the earth by thy great power, and nothing is impossible for you. So we know that you can arrest this virus. Lord, we know that there's wisdom that comes from above and that can give these leaders the correct channels to move in. And Lord, the other thing too, we just, we just want to thank you this morning for your goodness to us. And Lord, we if there's going to be something that comes out of this virus, we just ask that it might be people would know who their true identity is, that they would learn and come back to you if they've strayed and enjoy you and, and the abundant life that you've provided through Jesus. We ask these things in Jesus' name, and we thank you for it. Amen. fell out of my Bible just now. And so I'll read it. Expectation, anticipation of good. That's what hope is. It's confident expectation of good. And uh, Jeremiah 29.11. Dan just quoted Jeremiah, and this is 29.11. For I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Plans for peace and well-being to give you a future and a hope. And then also on this little card is Ephesians 3.20. Now all glory to God who is able to, through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we would even ask or think. Glory to him in the church, in Christ Jesus, through all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Yes. Amen. So thank you, Lord, for that, that word of encouragement. Thank you, Julie and team, for leading us in worship here this morning. And all of you, I believe you joined with us, too. Um, again, if you didn't hear it before, invite your Facebook friends or others. Just shoot them a note or a text or something and tell them that uh, we're going to hear a word this morning from the Lord to encourage us in this time of adversity. Um, and that is going to be the title of the message today, Joy in the Midst of Adversity. 
uh, when we're experiencing things like we are right now in our life, we need to make a determination that we will draw on the strength of the Lord, like our songs we're talking about this, this morning, uh, and by counting it all joy. Um, I was going to mention this again. Like I said, we want to, like Romans 13 talks about, helping out those in authority by, by listening to them and doing what they ask us to. Um, one of the things is this um, guidelines for America that we're, we're practicing right now. I encourage you to, you've probably seen them, um, to uh, let's do that. Let's do what they ask us to do uh, with social distancing and so forth and the clean, cleansing of hands and all those very practical things. We want to do those. Uh, and make sure that we're doing them. I was on a, we did it with Zoom the other day with some pastors from Bemidji. There were about 11 of us that were in that meeting through Zoom and uh, talking about things that we as a church community, we call it the church of the Bemidji area and we're part of that really. And uh, things that we can do. And then one of the group did a little bit of investing, investigating and finding out exactly what we as the church in this area can be doing. And they spoke with our the mayor of Bemidji, Rita Albrecht, and then also the United Way organizer in Bemidji area, Danae Alamo. And um, they were saying that the most pressing needs in our community, I'm just going to share this first on the practical end, then we'll Get to, get to the Word, and, but this is important also. Uh, they said, how can the church in Bemidji help? That's what we asked these people. And uh, the mayor, the school district superintendent, the food dis distribution organizations, the homeless shelters, and um, our churches, what's happening is we're coming together in collaboration, working together to help meet the basic needs of the people in our community. Um, and what an amazing testimony and opportunity for the church of this area to show the love of Jesus during such a time as this. Um, the ways that churches can help, one of the biggest ways they we're telling us right now is for what the Minnesota Department of Health calls personal protective equipment, PPE for essential workers and students, patients, clients, etc. PPE includes face masks, gowns, and alcohol-based sanitizers. Bemidji is in need of 2,000 masks, face masks. And actually the material for that has been donated. So the need is for volunteers to sew the masks at home uh, using whatever you know the pattern that you have if if you don't have one um we'll we'll tell you how you can get hold of that but whatever pattern covers your face is what's needed for those um and food distribution that's another huge need but it's for volunteers that are 50 
and under to help with food distributing uh, in the following places. That's the Bemidji Food Shelf. That's Monday and Wednesday from 9 to 3. The Community Table. Ruby's Pantry. That'll be April 15 at Sanford Center. That's a drive-up distribution. North Country Food Bank and Churches United. And there's also a need for volunteer staff and material items for homeless shelters in town. Some of these shelters house people who are, are some of them house people who are COVID positive. Um, the shelters are also looking for items to help people who are quarantined to pass time, such as games and other forms of entertainment. They are also accepting food do uh, donations. But please contact Danae Alamo if you are able to volunteer in any of these areas. And here's the phone number for that. It's our 218 number, but then 444 89 2-9, or you can email her at Danae, that's D-E-N-A-E, D-E-N-A-E at unitedwaybemidji.org. <clears throat> also, just this note for us, the Evergreen Crisis Shelter, um, Gary Russell is the leader there. He's their biggest need is for face masks and gowns for the youth and the staff to wear when working with youth who may be symptomatic. And they are going to be required to start wearing those PPE um, by this coming Monday now, tomorrow. So if you have any masks or cloth gowns available, please contact Gary Russell. And that is at 218-751-4332. I believe that is all the information there. That uh, In talking with those pastors, it sounded like a lot of them are in the same place that we are. Some of them are just starting to stream, like live stream video like we have now the last few weeks. Um, and they're working through, they said, yeah, we're all working through technical difficulties. Um, just uh, thankful for Doug and, and what he's doing there with this. Uh, keep praying for him because it's all new stuff, you know, putting it together and getting it to work. And, and uh, it's uh, a prayer focus there as well. Um, but with these guidelines and all the things and then uh, things that we hear, like uh, pretty strong warnings like from our Surgeon General today and so forth and talking about this week that's ahead, uh, well, the ability to successfully cooperate with these guidelines that have been given to us really directly flows, the ability to do it flows from what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, our nation can do this successfully with God's help. And I'm not talking just about the natural, but that's part of it in the natural. 
The other is the supernatural because the source of this thing, ultimately it goes back into the spirit realm of this evil. But I've heard and seen reports that a great percentage of our country's people right now are turning to God. Maybe you've heard those too. Turning to God in prayer since this pandemic hit the USA. According to the Pew Research Center, <clears throat> large majorities of Americans are now praying daily. 86% have taken to prayer during this outbreak. And that includes some who say that they seldom or never pray otherwise, and people who say they do, they do not belong to any religion. They're praying right now. They're looking to God. Um, so thank God for that. We're praying. We're looking to God. Um, one thing we can do as I believe Dan was praying and as he led us in prayer there, is to look for the opportunity side of this pandemic and the good things that are coming. Well, that's one of them. And what we're going to do is we're going to stay strong in the Lord ourselves. And we're going to stay strong in prayer. <clears throat> and God, as we saw last week from Psalm 46, He has promised to be our ever-present help in time of trouble. And we're right now in the midst of trouble. Like in my notes, I capitalized that word trouble because it certainly is. Um, but a big part of if we're going to be overcomers through this trouble is where and who we go to for our help. Where do we go to receive hope and joy? The focus of our thoughts, our meditation, will determine if we will reign in this life during times of adversity and the differences in where we are looking. Are we looking too much at the present circumstances and becoming overwhelmed by fear, despair, and struggle? then in self-focus and selfishness and in fear? I'm saying too much. Yes, we can know what's going on, but are we focusing too much there? Or are we looking beyond the present circumstances and trusting in God? If we do, we will be receiving His faith, His hope, and His love that we were just singing about. And these impartations from God will release the God kind of joy in our lives. And this God kind of joy is our strength through rough times, through this week that's ahead, for each day. Spiritual strength, emotional strength, mental strength, relational strength, You know, we're practicing social distancing, but we're also, with our nuclear families, we're, it's social confinement <laughs> in a way. I mean, we're together with those people a lot. So relation, re relational strength, and, but even physical strength, even our immune systems, 
I was talking to somebody yesterday who was mentioning the fact that when we get into fear, it affects our immune system. It, when our stress level rises, it affects our physical immune system in our bodies to fight off things. But the joy of the Lord is our strength in all these areas of our lives. Nehemiah 8.10 is a good scripture for that. Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. And don't be, and that's from the New King James Version, and the New Living Translation says, don't be dejected and sad, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Don't be dejected and sad. The joy of the Lord is your strength. So let's remember to smile. Smile. Get the sides of your lips up toward your ears. Smile. Smile. I was noticing, maybe I've been that way this morning too, but Wednesdays, when I, I watched part of the video from Wednesday, I thought, man, I look kind of sad on there. I look sad. <clears throat> um, Smile, laugh. You know, we talked several weeks ago, we were talking in here about just laughing. You know, the redeemed of the Lord will come with singing unto Zion with everlasting joy on their heads and they will laugh. Ha, ha, ha. Especially when things are bad, it's a good time just to laugh. That releases things in our bodies. Ha, 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 ha. You know, it does. But there are joy blockers, things that steal our joy. Fear is a joy blocker. And we know, like, we sing a lot, and it's a liar. Despair, it gets us deflated. And that's sourced from fear also, but despair, it's a joy blocker. It's, it gets us deflated like a, a flat tire. And we're not much good, just like a flat tire isn't much good to other people and to bring strength and encouragement to them. To them, If we're in despair ourselves, what good are we going to be to others, let alone ourselves? Another joy blocker is selfishness. Selfishness gets us myopic. It gets us focused inside so much. But also selfishness is sourced by fear. But then joy releasers. These are things that will give us joy, will increase the joy, allow the joy that's within us by the Holy Spirit to begin to flow and emanate. Love, probably the greatest one. We sang a lot about that this morning, I noticed. Good choices, Julie. Um, love, and you know, love is other-centered. It's not selfish, it's other-centered, centered, and it takes away fear. It drives out fear. Love does. When we're walking in love, thinking in love, walking in love, speaking in love, hope is a joy releaser. It brings encouragement. It's that confident expectation of good. And really, it comes from really knowing God. And this is a time now for us to seek God with all of our hearts, to know Him, to, to know Him, because we'll know love then, because God is love. 
and we'll know Him, that we're in covenant with Him, a blood covenant through Jesus Christ, and we'll know He's going to take care of us. No matter what. Another joy releaser is faith. It's faith that works by love and casts out fear. Faith is kind of like a reciprocal or kind of an opposite. It's going the other way of faith, of fear. And that's where we want to be. When we're allowing these, when we're determining that we're going to be in faith and hope and love, joy will be restored, it'll be released, it'll begin to flow again instead of having our eyes so focused and getting on, on bad, the bad stuff and then getting into that fear, despair, and selfishness. So where do these joy releasers, faith, hope, and love come from? From God. He's our source. And therefore we deduct the only source of the God kind of joy is God. God himself. Romans 15, 13, listen to this verse. Let it soak in. Maybe some of you have your Bibles or your iPhones. You can look at this scripture. This is New King James Version, Romans 15, 13. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy. The God of hope, he is the God of hope, fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Believing what? Believing his word. You're in the word, right? You're strong in the word, reading it, hearing teaching, listening to teaching during these times. You need to do that, brothers and sisters. That you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to read that again. Well, we'll read that from the Passion in a moment here. But, but when we're abounding in hope, the confident expectation of good, joy will not be far behind. Here's the Passion translation of that, that scripture, Romans 15. Now may God, the inspiration and fountain of hope, fill you to overflowing with uncontainable joy and perfect peace as you trust in him. And that's a real key here during this time of April of 2020, which God has called you to live in, in the United States of America, in Minnesota, most of you, some I know are listening, watching from other places too, wherever you are, that you may be a joy spreader, that you may be strong in the Lord. This nation needs people to be strong in the Lord right now, strong in Him, the source of faith, hope, and love, and this joy that springs forth from it. 
And may the power of the Holy Spirit continually surround your life, it goes on here in the, from the Passion, with his superabundance until you radiate with hope. That's what we need this week coming up here. Lots of dire predictions about this week ahead. We need hope. Confident expectation of good. Keep praying for our president. I see that coming out of him when he speaks. And I see he has a lot of resistance to that. Speaking in that way. But we want to get our hopes up. We want to get our hopes up. And we want to radiate hope. It reminds me of the, of the artwork that Sue put in our foyer, where it has the state of Minnesota and then radiating hope, radiating love, radiating peace, radiating this joy throughout our nation and throughout our county, wherever we are. Joy is the fruit of the Holy Spirit who dwells within us. We see that in Galatians 5.22. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. The God kind of love will bring forth the God kind of joy. I kind of have a sense that, you know, God is love. And the fruit of the Spirit that comes after that love is it's emanating from love. All, all the fruit of the Spirit, really, I believe, does. And now abide faith, hope, love, these three. This is 1 Corinthians 13, 13. But the greatest, it's love. God's love will get us out of the funky places of fear, despair, and selfishness. You were so on target with those songs, Julie. Our worship leaders, I'm so thankful. They, they are. I mean, you seek the Lord for those songs, don't you? You know, fear, despair, and selfishness, those are never good places to dwell in, are they? And we don't want to be in a house confined for 30 days or whatever it is with someone that's in fear, despair, and selfishness, right? Well, then the thing is, I can't be that way. Either, either. Some say either, and some say either. Smile. <laughs> Smile. Laugh. Be happy. Those aren't good places to, to dwell in at all. And it's especially true right now during this time of great stress and trial. The world needs out there people of God to lead them to the true source of joy and strength for times like this. Sometimes we just need to make a determination that we will not live in fear, despair, and selfishness, self-focus. And when we decide to rejoice in the Lord right in the midst of all things, we will come to understand that our loving 
Heavenly Father is working through these very circumstances to bring us into a whole new level of growth and maturity. And that's for us as individuals, as families, as churches, local churches, the Church of Jesus Christ as a whole, but I believe for our state, for our, our whole nation. Next Sunday is going to be Easter Sunday, Resurrection Day. It looks like probably we'll be doing it this way again. But God, he's just giving me a message for that, that you've got to hear it because it's, it's going to be encouraging. It's, it's hopeful. It's going to be bringing forth some things. It's talking about resurrection. Things that have been looking like death coming to life. Resurrection life in the midst of all the stuff. So we're going to grow. We're going to mature through this. You know, the Apostle Paul exhorts the Philippians in 4.4, Rejoice in the Lord how much? Always. Always. All, all the ways. In all the ways that are coming toward us. And then the next word is, again, I say, what? Rejoice. Rejoice. And then the passion, I like it from there, it says, be cheerful. Be cheerful with joyous celebration in every season of life. And let joy overflow, for you are united with the Anointed One. You are united with the Anointed One. So let, let the joy overflow in joyous celebration. in every season of life. It's not joyous celebration after the hard time is older, over that season. But it's even in the season when we're right in the midst of it, right? In the hard time, in the hard place. Joyous celebration. Celebrate. Celebrate. Our Father God, He gave the the Jewish people, the Israelites, he gave them times of celebration, set times, moeds, appointments, feasts, and so forth to celebrate. By the way, this, one of those was Passover to remember how when they applied the blood, the plague passed over their homes. Uh, you can do that in your homes. But also... This Wednesday now, we're going to be having a passion service on Passover. It's Wednesday. We're going to live stream it at uh, 8 o'clock. Excuse me, at 10 o'clock. We're going to have all these live streams at 10 o'clock. It won't be exactly the same way. That one will be from my iPad. But what it will be is just my sharing with you, and Joyce will be there, I believe, 
and probably Pastor Dean, and we're going to have communion together. So if you could get some communion elements, we're going to do that on Wednesday. And you can do it at 10 in the morning, but you can do it whenever through the rest of the Passion Week there, whenever it works for you. But joyous celebration. Joy is the fruit of the Holy Spirit that is expressed through our actions and our words. It's an action fruit, you might say. And we express joy through cheerful actions. We express joy through cheerful words. We express joy by deciding to have a glad attitude about things. We express joy through gladness. And when we act and speak words of cheer and gladness, our joy will increase. It works that way. That's what in increases the joy flow when we start talking words of cheer, when we start acting in cheer, when we determine, I'm, I'm going to have an attitude of gratitude. Part of gladness is simply taking pleasure in the simple things of life that maybe we've been thinking we were just too busy to enjoy. Some of us are having to go to work. I know Julie's going to have to go to work this afternoon uh, at Havenwood. And we, we pray for all, all of you that are, you know, actually you're in pretty close proximity to people there. You need to be. And we pray for you. We give a clap to you, you know, for that. And for others, caregivers and so forth, essential workers. Um, but we pray even for you that there's time, that you will have time to enjoy the simple, everyday things of life that maybe we don't get to sometimes. Uh, and even this can bring forth joy. Just enjo enjoying, I was going to say eating. I don't have a real big problem enjoying eating, but, but I remember Dr. Vanderwerf, a professor I had at Northwestern College, I still remember having a meal at his home, Joyce and I, and that was when we were in Michigan, and we had pork chops. I still remember the pork chops. They were good, but the reason I remember those pork chops from 40-some years ago is because he said, Steve, are you enjoying that pork chop? And, and he just went into this thing about, he started teaching me, because he was a teacher. He started teaching me about how you can either enjoy food, savor it, smell it, really taste it, and all this, or you can just chow it down like a dog would, you know. I never forgot that. Um, but anyway, that brings a lightness. It brings, it, it can, a cheer. And we need to determine that we will look in the midst of all the darkness around us, at the bright side of things, and see the silver linings that are around us. Things like increased prayer and turning to God that I was just mentioning. People seeking God. Nuclear family units pulling together and having time to spend together in your home there. Families eating meals together around a table. I heard someone talking about that this week, that they were getting to actually sit around a table and sit down together and 
eat the food together, which was something they hadn't been able to do because of the hectic lives they had been in. And they were discovering. They were discovering that actually you can get joy out of that by sitting around a table together and eating. Family devotions together. Yeah. Opportunity to get into God's Word and get it into our spirit and in our mind by how, whatever ways, taking, making time to do that. We have so many resources online and so forth. More opportunity for prayer and intercessory prayer, prayer for others. Uh, also, there have been some signs of unity where there has been great division in our country. There have been some. Um, the, the, this very TV video streaming is something, and it, we know that it's reaching out to some that have not been in services. Thankfulness for things that we've taken for granted in the past, just this gratitude, this pause, this sila time, this rest time for, for some from the normal work load and the normal practices. You know, there's an old hymn that I thought of as I was bringing together this message. It uh, was written in 1897 by Johnson Oatman. Uh, the hymn, Count Your Blessings. Uh, when upon life's billows you are tempest-tossed, or we could say in pandemics and natural emergencies, feeling shaken and tossed. When you are discouraged, thinking all is lost, count your many blessings. Name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. And the second verse is, Are you ever burdened with a load of care? Care, fear, worry, anxiety, care. Does the cross seem heavy that you're called to bear? Count your many blessings. Every doubt will fly. And you will keep singing as the days go by. So amid the conflict, whether great or small, I've mentioned before, for some right now, maybe this coronavirus is secondary to some other crisis in your life. Or there may just be a multitude, a multiplication of small things that add up to discouragement. It says, do not be discouraged. God is over all. Count your many blessings. Angels will attend. Your angels will attend to your words and you're counting your blessings. Words lining up with God's word. Read Psalm 103 toward the end of it. It talks about this. When God's words coming from our mouth and our prayers and just our speaking, it releases the angels to go to work on our behalf. Help and comfort give you to your journey's end. That's that song. So rejoicing in the Lord always involves counting or considering it as joy when we encounter times of testing and trial, just like we are in right now. Counting things, considering things as joy. 
James 1, 2. New King James, profiting from trials is the headline there. My brothers, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. And here's the Amplified Bible. Consider it wholly joyful, my brothers, whenever you are enveloped in or encounter trials of any sort or fall into various temptations. That word consider there. The Greek definition for that from the Strong's is it's kind of like taking charge of yourself. But the word there is to lead, to command with official authority, to take authority of emotions, we could say, to deem, account, be chief, count, governor, judge, have the rule over, suppose and think. It's just the thing of I'm considering, I'm going to consider this in a joyful way because in God I know the outcome and I'm going to walk in love. I'm going to know God's love for me and I'm going to be an overcomer through this. But it goes on there in the Amplified, verse 3, be assured and understand that the trial and proving of your faith bring out endurance and steadfastness and patience. That's what's going to work in us. But let endurance and steadfastness and patience have full play and do a thorough work so that you may be people perfectly and fully developed with no defects, lacking in nothing. And if any of you... Hallelujah. That's what God is going to work in us as we count it joy. And then this verse. If any of you is deficient in wisdom... And I would say that in the midst of that trial, in the midst of this trial, if you, what is wisdom? It's knowing what to do. You know, concerning maybe your job, maybe your business, maybe your family, for, maybe it's for food or income or whatever. Let him ask of the giving God who gives to everyone liberally and ungrudgingly, without reproaching or fault-finding, and it will be given him. He'll give you wisdom, my brother and sister. And here's just something. Here's a note. In the midst of these trials, in the midst of this, even right now, patience is not the waiting itself. But it's how we act or our attitude while we are waiting. But God can use this for us as individuals, as families, as churches, as a, as a nation. He can work things in us if we look to him to do it. I remember way back so many years ago, Bob Mumford had a little phrase, and I'm I just switched one word in here, but what it is is the Lord uses a fix to fix us. If we fix the fix before we are fixed, he will use another fix to fix us. Well, we want to get fixed now. And you know what I think? I believe God is using this. He wants to use this in the body of Christ to maybe fix some things in me, in you, in us, that in the days ahead... He is going to be using. I mean, he's going to need us. 
I'll speak more on that next Sunday, of what I see coming forth. But God uses these trials to make us like jewels, diamonds. Billy Brim, well, Chip and Billy Brim's pastor, Lee Morgans from, I think it's Collinsville, Oklahoma, he had this word that I read just this week, and it was from just a week ago. He said, extreme pressure and heat are necessary to produce diamonds. You are a diamond. You are very valuable to God. You have experienced extreme pressure in the midst of these current COVID-19 circumstances. God does not cause the pressure, but he uses it. And in pressure, you have a choice to make for God. He will use those things to come right back around against the enemy. Before this is all done, the enemy's going to wish so much that he had never done it. Again, he, this is continuing this quote, again, he did not cause the trouble, but uses it to produce in you a diamond. You are very valuable. So be, this pastor says, be diamond prayers. Stay before the throne room of God and stay strong in prayer. So we can consider it joy by drawing close to God, by knowing his love, by knowing his love, and then by walking in his love in relation to the others around us. Jesus said, he said, this is my commandment, that you love one another, that your joy may be full. Right? Listen, there is a very direct correlation between walking in love and being filled with joy in the midst of a crisis, in the midst of this pandemic. Hallelujah. I know some of you have been dealing with fear. Even things you've heard just the last few days of what's coming or what could be there. And I'm saying, let's each one of us individually but then also corporately. Let's do what we've been talking about here. Let's seek the Lord with all of our heart. Let's know his love. Let's get in his word. Let's be strong in it every day, making sure we spend more time in this than we do listening to the news of the day. You know, we're, we're bombarded with it. It can be moment by moment. I was asking my mom, you Yesterday, her birthday, 94th birthday, I was, again, the second time I asked her, how does this relate or compared to World War II? And she says, well, you know, Steve, all we had then was radio, and we would just hear like Walter Cronkite. Maybe once a day, we'd have something, you know, there'd be some news on it. He says, like, that's probably the biggest thing now. It's every minute. 
and there's something new coming almost every minute. And she said it's that bombardment uh, that, that makes it so different. And, you know, the, the Surgeon General did say this morning that this, this week ahead for us could be like our Pearl Harbor moment. In other words, are we going to stand strong as a people, as a nation, or aren't we? And for us, standing strong is just doing what we've been told here with these guidelines, but also prayer. Praying. It's in the spirit realm. That's the ultimate answer of where this thing is going to be turned. That's one of the things we'll be doing also at our Passover night there, the, the Lord's Supper we're going to be partaking of, which was instituted when Jesus was celebrating the Passover with the disciples. Turn around, turn around, turn around in the Spirit. We're not going to be in fear. We're going to walk in love. This time we'll have Pastor Dean come up here. And he's... Why don't you have a prayer before you do the... He's going to have a help receiving tithes and offerings and such, but why don't you just pray over what we just spoke about here, whatever the Lord puts on your heart, Pastor Dean. Amen. Let's all just bow our head before the Lord and surrender humility and lift a hand to him. Father, we acknowledge your goodness and faithfulness in this hour, and you have said you will never leave us, you'll never forsake us. We will not fear. We will not fear. You will make a way. If you're needing a job, you're needing something financially, you're needing healing today, just reach out and let's join by faith. Father God, in Jesus' name, I ask you to open up the provision of heaven Provide the finances, provide the jobs, Lord God. Yes. Let there be a supernatural demonstration, yes, Father, Jesus. of your provision. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Supernatural, Thank above you, what Jesus. our mind can imagine even, Lord. Supernatural, Lord God. Yes. I thank you, Lord. You hear and you answer. Yes. And let's just open our hearts now, too, to the peace of God. I just speak peace, peace. into hearts. Fear, peace. I command you to go. Anxiety, go. Peace. Peace. Fear, fear of the future, go. God is with us in our future. Yes. He's gone before us. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Yes. You are faithful. And, Father, as we surrender to you, your joy fills our heart. You are our strength. You are. You are our strength. In Jesus' name. Amen. I just had one scripture I wanted to share. That one we all know. But seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. Yes. And that is such a marvelous thing. I was 
reading that this week, and I was reading that translation, I just wanted to read this uh, quote here. Aim at and strive and seek the kingdom. And to seek the kingdom means that we, our first motivation is to please him. That he would look at us and be pleased with our attitude and where our heart is. So our first motivation in whatever it is, our words, our speaking, our living, our giving, it's all based upon our desire yes. to search after him. Yes. And then... <clears throat> This one translation says, all these things will continue being set toward and then added to you. That just struck me. As we seek his kingdom, the thing, something happens in the realm of the spirit and the provision of God just begins to be set toward us. It may not show up today or tomorrow, but it will, it, it will just be set toward us. And we just continue, continue, continue. Uh -huh. And the provision of God mm. just shows up. Hallelujah. He is faithful. Mm. I remember 25 years ago, my wife was wanting to give $500 to John Brevere. And I was a little bit hesitant. <laughs> and, you know, she just kept saying things. And I was, I was listening and listening. And then it hit me one day, we should do that. And so, you know, we didn't have hardly anything, you know, starting a church and all. But at any rate, we did. And the day that the, we set that check in the mail, that same day, another check they had crossed in the mail came to us for $5,000. How does Hallelujah. God do that? Hallelujah. <laughs> How does God do that? <laughs> I don't know. But he had sent the answer before we acted. And it's just an amazing thing. God knows your life. He's with you right now. He sees you. And as we seek him, you know, we put ourselves in the path of his provision. Amen. 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 Thank you, Pastor Dean. I do have a few other announcements here too. For giving, I think you may know this, but some of you may not out there, that uh, you can mail um, the tithes and offerings to Tin Strike Community Church, Post Office Box 67, Tin Strike, Minnesota. Or you can give online too. You can go to tinstrikechurch.com. Uh, to our website and then donate there. It's up in the upper right-hand corner. What you enter into it up on the upper right-hand corner. And you can use debit, credit, or PayPal with that. And um, so we're going to continue to do that, uh, to give of our tithes and offerings. And, and I believe the Lord just has us covered as we do that. And it's not so much, it's not like a debt that we owe. It's a seed that we sow into the life of the kingdom of God. And it multiplies back unto us. That's a great, that was a good multiplication that Pastor Dean just shared about. And then as I already mentioned, um, this Wednesday, that we're going to live stream at 10 o'clock, that'll be like 
Yeah, we'll be doing that with the iPad thing. And then um, the Passion Week and Passover service, communion together, get those communion elements. We'll also, the Facebook page, we're using it for quite a few things now, so be going there. If you want to have alerts, then uh, ask to become a member. I see a number of people have been joining that as members. We've had quite a few people taking part of the services that way through this live stream. Uh, the next Sunday we'll be live streaming just like this again at 10 o'clock in the morning. We're going to celebrate our risen Savior. We do still want to mention now that Real Life Women's Conference that's coming in October. Talk to Chantel Dudley about that at 209-1367 is her number. Um, but also on the Facebook page there, there's, um, but it's, I guess it's joined, it's, it's, there are other groups, but you can join these groups if you would like to too. There's uh, one that for children's church, there's one for preschoolers that Kaylee Ann puts on, I think a couple times a week, and then Kathy a couple times a week. I saw one came on this morning for elementary, that is. And then we also have Peter and Lene are, are putting on a teaching for the youth. And then also our youth, we are meeting together with uh, uh, Google Hangouts, I guess it's called. So, praise God. Let's see if there's anything else. Are you ready? Are you ready? Yeah. Come on up here. Can we get this mic on? Here's Joyce. You want to sit? No. Or stand? No. Okay. So, I got some things. One of them was, am I on now? Okay. One of the things um, Pastor Steve referred to and Pastor Dean too, I believe, 2 Timothy 1.7, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. And as soon as you referred to that, I have the picture of um, families, you know, it's like you're stuck together in your home, kids are home from school, and the parents might be saying, I don't have a spirit of fear, but that part about a sound mind. <laughs> so I have this written in my Bible, Rick Renner, he's a Greek scholar, he said for that part right there, that God has given you a sound mind, what it really means is, I can think straight. I can do this. So I want to share that with you. That's what it means to have a sound mind. And then Friday morning, just a little thing. Um, when I got up, usually I say Alexis, Alexa, is it? Or Alexis, Alexa, and then whatever, and we put on whatever we want. But that day before I did that, I would walk in, into the kitchen, and it was, let God arise and his enemies be scattered. It just, it made me feel so, I loved it. 
Well, here, Julie, when she's sitting down here, we're getting all these people in their places, like, what, six feet or whatever, and she says, like, God arise and what? All of us scattered. All of us scattered. I says, hey, that's what I, th I thought of on Friday. But listen to what this is, Psalm 68, verse 1, from the Message Bible for that verse. Let's see once, how can I do this? Up with God, down with his enemies. I love it. That's from the Message Bible. Up with God, down with his enemies, down with that enemy Amen. of the coronavirus. We Amen. declare it. Down. And then I have, um, I've been looking for humor. And I don't know which morning it was. But um, as... Quite a while ago, Sarah ordered, our daughter Sarah ordered something. Uh, she was looking for low carb. Is it low carb? And she came over with several bags of these. She says, I don't like them. Maybe you will. And so they're called cauliflower crackers. So that night for supper, we opened one, and because we were going to have salad. I ate one. They taste, they taste like, I think cardboard with salt on it would be better. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> thanks, Sarah. But he's, if we're going to eat him, he'll have to do it. But this is so funny. I saw a lot of good stuff. online on Facebook, <laughs> I think it was Friday morning, there was some humorous things that were being posted instead of just all this, mm, news and one of them was look what's on your grocery shelf look what's left on the shelf and you'll be and then they featured these <laughs> they featured a cracker aisle and the only crackers on the shelf were these i loved it thanks a lot sarah <laughs> Okay, Sarah, come up here. We got to do this. We can't do this on Easter Sunday. Can, can you get that other no, thing you, on your deal? Maybe we could put the mic up to him. He could say it on your mic up to on what? Your iPhone, that guy. No, I'm not going to do that, guy. Oh, okay. Sarah, you need it. We need to do this. Real quick, Sarah, real Sarah, quick. I mean, this is a lesson on joy, and laughter's part of it. And this is just something. I don't know, it was a few days ago, I came across this paper, I don't know if, I don't Put know it where here. it was with my notebooks or what, I read it, I think it was Friday morning, I read it by my kitchen table and just lost it. Well, Sarah knows where this paper came from. Um. <laughs> After you better come over here, I think. After my grandma, here's Sarah. Mom's mother passed away. We were sit here. at her house going through stuff. I don't have to sit down. It's okay. Well, if you want to be on there, I'm not sure how wide. Okay, go ahead. And we were going through stuff, and there was this little box we found, and it was my grandmother's mother's box um, of poetry. It was mostly poetry. Um, 
beautiful poems or maybe stories that she cut out from newspapers, just like her favorite treasures that she kept in that box. But in the middle of all that, we found this. Do you want to read it? I think you should read okay, it. Okay, I'm going to read it. This is the actual paper that was in my grandmother, Johanna Koiker's little treasure box. She was also a poet, so some of her handwritten poems were in there. So I'm going to read it. An elderly couple had heard about an excellent church camp in the Black Hills of South Dakota. They wanted to make sure everything would be just right for their vacation, which reminds me we were scheduled to leave soon on a vacation with Sarah and Andrew Joy and Elsie to Branson, but it had to be canceled. But anyway, they're, going, they're wanting to make sure everything's going to be right for their vacation, this couple from the Black Hills. So the woman wrote the resident camp manager about certain particulars. She was quite elegant and delicate, especially in her use of language. She wanted to make sure, though, that the camp was adequately equipped, but didn't know how to ask about toilet facilities. Now, I know I'm supposed to read this today, all this focus shed on toilet paper. Okay, she just couldn't bring herself to write the word toilet in her letter. After much deliberation, she finally decided to use the old-fashioned term bathroom commode. However, when she started to write her letter, bathroom commode seemed too coarse a word. So she referred to the bathroom commode as the B.C. The lady now wrote, rewrote her entire letter to the resident camp manager. Does the camp have its own BC, is what she actually wrote. Well, the resident camp manager wasn't old-fashioned at all, and when he got the letter, he could not figure out what was that woman talking about. That BC business really stumped him. After worrying about it for a while, his young wife, who didn't know what it was either, said, show the letter to your camp committee. But they couldn't imagine what the woman meant either. So after talking to some other campers, the camp manager finally came to the conclusion that the lady must be asking about the local Baptist church. The camp manager sat down and wrote the following reply. Dear Madam, I regret very much the delay in answering your letter, but I now take pleasure of informing you that a BC is located 18 miles northeast of our camp, <laughs> and it's capable of seating 300 people <laughs> at one time. I admit it is quite a distance away if you are in the habit of going regularly. But no doubt you'll be pleased to know that a great number of people take their lunches along 
and make a day of it. <laughs> they usually arrive early and stay late. The last time my wife and I went was three weeks ago. And it was so crowded that we had to stand up the whole time we were there. It may interest you to know that right now there is a supper planned to raise money to buy more seats. They are going to hold the supper in the basement of the BC. I would like to say it pains me very much not to be able to go more regularly. But surely it is because of no lack of desire on my part. But as we grow older, it seems to be more of an effort, particularly in cold weather. If you do decide to come to camp, perhaps I could go with you the first time you go, sit down with you, and introduce you to all the folks there. Remember, this is a friendly community. <laughs> Enclosed are your reservation forms. <laughs> Sincerely, camp manager. OK, so we just need to look for ways to lighten up and share our smile in the home and on FaceTime. We've been doing FaceTime. Yeah. Yeah. So anything else, honey? No, you can close. Okay, we love you. Blessings. Bye. Goodbye. Okay,